0: Well, it's great to be here with you this Father's Day, and uh, we're neck deep in a series that we've titled Proverbs Old Wisdom for a New Day. And over the past couple of weeks, we've tackled uh, unpacking some wisdom on correction and on humility. Although the book of Proverbs is written to people long ago, we believe that it still has great use for us today. It's our hope that we can look at these ancient proverbs and apply the wisdom that they give to our lives. Given that it's Father's Day, and I don't wanna make all the dads have to think too hard or uh, be convicted too hardly, uh, I figured we'd explore wisdom on a topic that not many of us struggle with, and that's anger. Uh, To help us evaluate whether or not we could use some wisdom on the subject, I've created a quick multiple choice quiz Uh, with different scenarios to help us decide if we need a little extra guidance in that realm. So the first scenario is this. When we're on an international flight, upwards of 10 hours, and the person in front of you leans their chair back all the way, and then starts snoring, are you more likely to A, passive-aggressively kick their chair, B, let them know how inconsiderate they're being, with an intimidating tone. C, treat your traveling partner like it's their fault. Or D, let them finish their nap before kindly asking if they could move their seat forward. All right, scenario number two. When you witness your child, niece, nephew, grandchild receive a dirty elbow to the face while playing a sport, your initial response is to A, yell at the culprit, B, yell at the culprit's parents, C, storm the court, and tell the refs how you feel about it. Or D, actually have sympathy for your child, and ask if they're doing okay. Now the third scenario is this. Somehow you get roped into doing a kindergarten field trip to the zoo. And around hour two of your bus ride, you start receiving this repetitive question, are we there yet? And you hear it continuously for the rest of the trip. You deal with this by, a, yelling at everyone to be quiet. B, start copying whatever the kids say to you. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> C, tripping kids as they walk out the bus door. That's kind of my, my jam, I think. I would do a little, little instant gratification right there. Um, or D, answer their repetitive questions with a smile saying, soon. Now, lastly, Uh, You're halfway done putting your Ikea furniture together with the person you love, and you realize you put it together backwards. This this kind of stuff happens in my life all the time. Um, Do you a break the furniture? B kick a door? C find a reason to be mad at the kids? Or D just laugh it off and enjoy the time we have together. The lecture time never hurt anyone. if At any time during the quiz, you found yourself answering anything other than D, you could probably use some proverbial wisdom on anger. We all struggle with it on one level or another. We all struggle with anger. Um, So today we're going to take a look at what the Proverbs have to say about that. Our scriptures for the day are found in Proverbs, obviously. It's uh, chapter 14, verse 29, 29, 11, 15, 18 and 15.1. They will be on the the screen there so you don't have to flip too ferociously. But hey, our scripture reader for the day is Joey Rickards. So Joey, if you could please head to the center of the room, that would be great. And if everyone could just stand up if you're able and face the center of the room, we we stand for the reading of God's word to remind us of the centrality it's supposed to have in our lives and because it's the lens in which we view and live our lives. So whenever you're ready, Joey, feel free. Proverbs 14.29, whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. Proverbs 29.11, Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Proverbs 15.18, a hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. Proverbs 15, one, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Thank you, Joey. You can all be seated, please. Gun control, gender identity, immigration, pro-life versus pro-choice, school shootings, suicide, mental health, Black Lives Matter, professional sports, fake news, politics, vaccinations, and now let's add gas prices to it. I bring up all these topics because regardless of where you stand on them, they seem to elicit a lot of anger. These buzzwords create a stirring in us that get us upset. Now, to feel anger is not a bad thing. It's a natural emotion. In fact, uh, sometimes uh, when anger is elicited, it's for good reason. Sometimes it spurs us into action or convicts us of something we need to help with. We should feel angry when we see injustices happening in the world around us. We should uh, feel angry when we see the, the deadly results of sin in the world around us. But the question is, How do we respond to our anger? How do we respond? The Proverbs we've selected today give us wisdom on how to better cope with or respond to the anger within ourselves and also the world around us. Do we let our anger dictate or manipulate our actions and our words? Or are we willing to engage our anger with biblical wisdom. An important aspect of the Proverbs to remember is that Proverbs are not promises, but instead more like probabilities or principles to live by. It helps us to live the good life. The first proverb we're gonna look at is Proverbs 14, verse 29. It says, Whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick tempered displays folly. In many of the Proverbs, you see a comparison to being foolish or to being wise. And in this one, we are shown that a quick temper is foolish. And that we should instead practice patience. But what does it mean to be quick-tempered and to be patient? There's an interesting dynamic between those two words in this passage. When we look at the word patient, in this verse, it means slow to wrath the Hebrew word the root word for wrath is anath which means to be angry displeased or to breathe hard when we look at the word quick tempered it means to be hasty of spirit and the Hebrew word for spirit is ruah which means spirit, wind, or breath. So, in this proverb, both patience and being quick-tempered have to do with breathing, or more specifically, showing one's anger through their breath. This proverb is not telling us that it's bad to get angry quickly, because anger is a natural emotion, but it's telling us that it is foolish to show or express that anger quickly. Whether it's in your breathing, in your actions, or in your words. When we give ourselves time to slow down, we give, our chance, give ourselves the opportunity to express it in a better way. There's a greater chance that we'll be able to discern the best way to communicate how we feel. There's value in giving our anger time to process before we express it to other people. When we find ourselves getting angry, instead of being quick to show it, we should give ourselves more space to better discern how to communicate it. This verse shows us there is wisdom in practicing patience, in expressing our anger. Our next proverb com- continues comparing the foolish with the wise to give wisdom on another aspect of anger. Proverbs 29:11 says, fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Giving full vent to our rage means not holding anything back in our anger. It's throwing it all on the table. Going all in. When we give full vent to our anger, we are giving into our carnal desires for instant gratification. When someone hurts us, when we get upset, we want to do something about it right away, don't we? But when we do that, there can be a trail of debris that's left in the path. We fail to control the intensity of our anger. This can look like the abusive spouse yelling at or getting physical with the person they made vows to love and protect forever. It could be yelling at or flipping off the driver that cuts you off in traffic. Screaming at that referee for making a bad call. Freaking out at ourselves when we make mistakes. Or punishing and yelling at our children out of anger instead of love and nurture. There's an instant gratification to be felt when we give full vent to our rage. But we often find ourselves feeling empty or maybe even ashamed right after it. What can be so dangerous about these moments is that when we act this way, as I said before, it can leave this trail of debris even though it feels so good in that moment and it can produce trauma in the lives of the people We know and love. Instead of giving full vent to our rage, we are instructed to be wise by bringing calm in the end. Now, to bring calm in the end is to quietly hold back our anger. And I want to make sure I'm being clear here. This doesn't mean to suppress our anger, to not deal with it, but instead um, to, to move forward in a way that uh, quietly holds it back and soothes it. We're called to soothe or still our anger. It's showing self-control and restraint instead of getting into the heat of the moment and making a rash decision. Learning to soothe our anger can take a lot of hard work and practice. For many of us it might mean learning some sort of anger coping skills to help us process what we're feeling. It might mean taking a minute to be thoughtful of our words and actions instead of being reactional, removing ourselves from the situation we're in so that we don't do something we regret, going to God in prayer before confronting someone who has upset us, or incorporating a time of self-reflection to be able to understand why it is we're feeling the way we feel. But there will be some of us too that to soothe or still our anger, it might require seeking help from a professional who can help you get to the root of what it is you're so angry about. There are gonna be things in this world that get our blood boiling. But this proverb shows us that we are wise when we pursue managing the intensity of our anger. The anger that dwells in us uh, not only impacts us, but it impacts the people around us. Proverbs 18, 15, 18 says, a hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. When one is hot-tempered, they've allowed things that, to upset them to the point where they fester and they grow inside. When we allow for ourselves to continue getting fired up over something, there's a greater opportunity that it leads to conflict, whether great or small. We see this on news shows all the time, don't we? When they bring in that doofus specialist with a different opinion than the network, and instead of being in an argument about a topic, it transforms into them getting fired up at each other and hurling insults at one another. To combat stirring up conflict, we are once again given the wisdom to slow our anger down. It says that a person who is patient or slow to anger can calm a quarrel. This doesn't mean that we just sit on our hands about the issues that elicit these strong feelings, but instead patiently wait Wait for that right time where you can gently address the situation that you feel needs to be addressed. Many of you may not know this. Some of you that know me well do. But since I was a little child, I have struggled with anger. Uh, You know, I was one of those little kids that would kick a door or yell really loud. Just kind of react really quickly. Um, I would let little things slide And I would start to build into these bigger issues. And there's still moments in my life today where I do that. And uh, you may have remembered from earlier in the sermon, there was a scenario about an international flight that may or may not have been rooted in a real story for me. Uh, Recently, I was able to go to Israel, and we got to get on this nice long international flight to get there. And I had a slight lapse of being hot-tempered. Uh, let me tell you the story. It all started at the check-in counter. There was a gal who couldn't speak great English and I went to her as, as a large man, I'm a big guy, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm 6'5", pretty big, uh, would you mind maybe hooking me up with uh, an aisle seat or something? And she says, no. Seats are great, you're gonna love them, they're all good. Now, I'm a little bit of a skeptic here because I've, I've flown before And so I'm like, okay, whatever, we'll just go. Maybe they've got brand new airplanes where every seat has room. Um, So then we get on the airplane, and of course, what seat do I get? The middle seat, which if you're a big, broad-shouldered guy is the worst seat in the whole plane because you're like this the whole time or when you're eating your food, you've got your elbows tucked in. It is so uncomfortable. So my gracious wife, she's not there. I just did that. My gracious wife, (laughs) my gracious wife was like, Brett, I will switch positions with you. Perfect, so I got a window seat, which is, let's be real, not that much better. So I'm sitting down, I'm like, okay, situation could be better, but at least I've got my movies to fall asleep to, the in-flight movies. So I go to plug my headphones in, and they don't work. And I'm like, are you serious? All right, so my wife, once again, graciously offers, Brett, you can have my, my headphones. So I plug them in, I think one of them still wasn't working very good, but it worked, and it was good, until about five minutes, when the guy in front of me leans all the way back. Now let me tell you, I'm an experienced big man flyer and I had my knees in like the ready position to try to block it, but that guy was claiming his territory. He went back with so much force that he was there, he, he claimed it. And so I find myself uh, you know, very uncomfortable for the next 10 plus hours watching a movie about an inch away from my face <laughs> with a guy I don't know between my legs. And I was getting so Angry, so angry. And so over the, the course of, of time, I, I start fussing and I'm fidgeting. And those that have traveled with me know I'm the worst to travel with. I get so uncomfortable. So, we, amen, that's my wife. Um, <laughs> so, I'm fussing and I'm fidgeting and I'm muttering under my breath, you know, all those Home Alone words that the, the robbers say. And uh, I turn to my wife, and I, you can see the anger kind of I This is so terrible. And she looks at me and she says, do you think it's any better for me? I've been sitting next to you for these last 10 hours. (laughs) And she did it with the love and grace that my wife is capable of doing with. But what was so great about that moment is her words gave me perspective. And they, they kind of put me in my place in a really good way. While I was maybe slightly overacting to everything and Letting my anger build. My wife was practicing what I'm trying to preach. She's a saint compared to me. In the midst of her frustration with me and her her situation, she practiced patience in the midst of communicating her frustration, and she brought a calming presence. I'm not gonna, gonna lie, it, it kinda changed the rest of the flight. I, I was not as ridiculous the rest of the flight and I owe that to her. Her willingness and ability to do that had a calming effect on not just me, but I think on herself too, that helped us slow down our anger. We all have different triggers, don't we? Different triggers that can get us hot-tempered. We listed some of them earlier, but it's politics, sports, maybe for all you stay-at-home moms, it's those whining children. It's lack of respect, it's improper airline seat etiquette. We all have these triggers that elicit anger. But what do we do about it? When we're fired up about something, it's really easy to let our anger get projected onto the people around us. What if, when faced with an issue that caused us anger, Instead of just jumping into that conversation with passion or maybe overreacting, we took a second and we collected ourselves and made it a priority to speak with a calming presence to diffuse the situation. In Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he leads to, one of the things he leads with with the beatitudes is blessed are the peacemakers. We are called as followers of Jesus to be peacemakers and peace bearers. So that when we enter this world of chaos we bring heaven to earth. We should strive to not let the anger we have produce conflict but instead practice patience with our anger, to de-escalate it and bring God's shalom to earth. Having patience in the midst of our anger helps lead to calm instead of conflict. If we're going to live into being these peacemakers, these peace bearers, what should we do when somebody comes at us with harsh words that are rooted in anger? Proverbs 15.1 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. There will be times when harsh words get thrown our way. It's kind of inevitable. We live in a confrontational society. But in those moments, it's easy to find ourselves getting fired up or defensive. This, prob- this proverb gives us wisdom in how to instead respond In a way that diffuses and pacifies anger. That keeps it from being aggravated. We are instructed that a gentle answer turns away wrath. Once It can feel so good to fire back in the heat of an argument. To get our point across to show how right we are. But our goal needs to be to de-escalate to bring peace, to prevent conflict. It's wise to speak with others in kind words. Using gentle words to respond to someone uh, who has spoken sharply to us is going to require a certain level of empathy and humility. We'll need to try to see and understand their perspective so that we can better understand why they're upset with us or upset in the world. We'll have to be willing to treat them in a manner that seems unfair where we treat them with kindness despite their lack of doing so to us. But when we learn to do this, we'll have a greater potential to pacify anger with our gentle words, with our gentle actions. When we look at the collective wisdom from these four proverbs, what we find is that when you, uh, there's a couple themes that bind them together. To act on our anger wisely involves patience. And it involves gentleness. When we start slowing down our anger, it helps us to live into the peacemaking and peace-bearing followers of Jesus we were created to be. This wisdom is affirmed in James chapter 1 verses 19 and 20. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Many of us here claim to be followers of Jesus. And if that's what we claim, if that's what we choose to live our lives as, we should long to live a life that produces the righteousness that God desires. But no, we're inevitably going to fall short at some point. There's only one person in human history that has lived up to the standard of righteousness that God desires, and that's Jesus Christ. But the good news of his death and resurrection is that he covers us in his righteousness so that even when we fail, that when we become quick-tempered, when we give full vent to our rage, when we become hot-tempered or find ourselves in the middle of harsh words that elicit anger, our mistakes can be forgiven. Although we are covered by grace, we should always pursue the righteousness that God desires. There's wisdom in slowing down our anger because when we do so, we leave more space for peace, empathy, humility, gentleness, forgiveness, and grace. Now, Who does that sound like? All of those things emulate who Jesus is in his character. Slowing down our anger creates opportunity for us to reflect the character, character of Jesus even in the midst of it. When it comes to the anger that we have or the anger that we express in our lives, are we allowing for Jesus to shine through it There is wisdom in slowing down our anger because it leaves space for Jesus to be experienced even in the midst of it. We have the opportunity. It's not gonna look perfect, but people can still see Jesus in our anger when we slow it down. Will you pray with me, please? God, we love you. And we thank you for this time in your word this morning. Lord, whether we're fathers, mothers, kids, uncles, aunts, mentors. Lord, I ask that today you be with us and help us to have an extra conviction to bring peace to the world. Through showing you in our anger. God, help us to slow it down. So that we create more space for you to shine through it. Uh, God, for all those who are struggling today. Once again, because of the loss of a loved one or a dad or a child. I pray that you give them an extra dose of your peace and your love and take a little bit of that anger away. We love you, God, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Let me leave you with this blessing. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you might overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.